so we just got done with Labor Day weekend, yeah. and um, I ended up taking the kids down to uh, Mission Bay Resort, which nice. is right next to Camp Land. Yeah. It's like the cleaner version of Camp Land. Yeah, I like Camp Land's gotten a little scary lately. The yep. last couple of weeks, we had a shooting and stabbing down there, so we're kind of like, eh, yeah. we'll be over here. But I took them down there for four days, hang around the bay, and nice. then um, kids got a tan, so they're stoked. Nice. What did you end up doing for Labor Day? I labored. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did the opposite. Uh, we uh, were doing some work around the house, so I worked there, and then uh, it took the opportunity at the office. We were doing some stuff, so three days to to bring Catch a up. contract crew. Yeah, general contractor and I were down there pulling mm-hmm. wires and doing some nice, stuff. So, nice. Yeah. So I, I brought you back here, and thank you very much for uh, agreeing to come back, because now you, you've done a couple Ironmans. Yes, three. You've done three. Three. So, so what I'm going to talk about, I instantly have some <laughs> humble pie here because an Ironman is a massive. Can you, can you elaborate on what an Ironman is? So Ironman is, um, <laughs> I like to joke that it's an I hate yourself all day event. But uh, <laughs> no, so you, you, it's a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike ride, and then a marathon run in a day. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not there yet. But I wanted to bring you back in because I wanted you to relive it. Mm-hmm. And, and you're going to relive my Tough Mudder Infinity that I did. And I want to go through, you know, the beginnings. So at the beginnings, when you first decided, for me, we decided to do it three months before the event. So in my mind, procrastination had already set in. Uh-huh. You, had, you, you didn't have any room for giving up or, oh, I'll do it next week or whatnot. You had to start now now. Yeah. When you did your first Ironman, how much time was there from your decision to the start of the race? So the Ironmans you signed up a year in advance on. Oh, okay. And so there, there was, you made a commitment early on, mm-hmm. but even to get to that point was probably a you know, five-year journey just to, to even have that idea cross in your mind that I'm going to do this. So, you, so, yeah, probably somewhere in your half marathon or marathon mm-hmm. life is when you decided that, hey, I'm going to reach for this rung. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. And that's, we're quitting Tarantino in this little bit. That's where I'm going to end <laughs> up going there. But no, it's all good. Um, so three months in. The Tough Mudder Infinity, and this is, for anybody who doesn't know what a Tough Mudder is, it's an obstacle course. But it's, it's, I would say, 70% running and then 30% obstacles that you've got to yeah. get through in a given amount of time. And the Infinity is, okay, for you, for you real bad, strong, tough guys here, <laughs> how many times can you make it around this track in a given amount of time? And so for us, they said, okay, we've, we've made it easy. There's a 7K and a 17K. Those are the two laps. Okay. And you can do the 17K once. That's how you have to start with. And after that, you can do another 17, or you can just do a whole bunch of sevens. It's, it's your call. It's whatever you want to do. And so my team knew that we had to do the 17K once and the 7K once. That was just it. Right. More like, well, we could walk that. We could crawl and do that. So that's, let's try and do the 17K twice. That was the goal at the bo- at start of the launch three months into it. Nice. So... I like upper body, like every other male on the planet. And I skip leg day, like every other male on the planet. And so I knew that I was going to be the weak link from day one, and I had to train the legs. Yeah. For you, did you? where was your weak link, knowing it? Uh, I was the opposite. I love cardio. So okay. I, I would run and cycle forever. Okay. So in the triathlon, swimming was my, uh, was my, my weak. Gotcha. So I didn't train for it. I just... You just did it. I just did it, and... And in hindsight, it was kind of fun because I came out with the super slow people. Mm-hmm. But then I got on the bike and I felt like Superman because I got really fast and I just, just was passing, passing people. people. So it ended up being a uh, a confidence builder. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like that. Yeah. Tra- training the hard part that you don't like is that's the worst. It is. It really is, and it's and it's a forceful. 
I got past it. I'm not going to lie. But the first three weeks, there was a lot of negative energy up here in the brain. Oh, yeah. Just screaming at myself, just going, why am I doing this while I'm doing squats, mm-hmm. while I'm running, while I'm doing lunges? Uh. W- walk me through the, the, that in your brain when you're training for that. I, I don't think there is a, a walkthrough. I, I mean, some people get, get highs from working out, and I've gotten mm-hmm. runner's highs here and there. Sure. Uh, but for the most part, it, uh, it, it's really just dealing with the negative. Yeah. And overcoming a negative, and for me, at least, endurance sports was more the mental than the physical. Mm-hmm. Once you learn to just accept the pain, the pain doesn't go anywhere; it's there. Yeah. But the uh, the mental part, and I remember distinctly multiple times on different races or trainings, seeing somebody who was grossly overweight sitting on a beach chair, drinking a beer, eating a burrito, and just being mad I wasn't that person. <laughs> I was just I was so jealous. That I wasn't that person because that, that looked so much better than what I was doing. He just moment. shut that brain <laughs> off and go, yep, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so true. So I, not being a runner, skipping leg day for my whole life, I started with squats, and I only put one plate on, and that was enough. And mm-hmm. then some for me. I was like, okay, this is kind of heavy. And so we started doing more and more squats, and I kind of got that going. And then, of course, my knee started to hurt because mm-hmm. they'd never seen this pain before. Yep. So I had to get trained a little bit to put my feet out, let my knees go out as I go down, and I had to learn proper mechanics. Um, thank you, YouTube, for that. I appreciate yeah. that. And so, you know, I, I did that, and then we started running. Well, I live on a very – I live on a hill. Let's just yeah. not lie. I live on a hill. And so everything's up or down. There's no flat. No. And so my pansy butt said, forget this noise, and I drove to the high school around the corner so I could drive <laughs> run around on the flat part. <laughs> so I was like, track. I'm not ready for this. Like, I totally pansied out and was like, I'm going to do the track first. At any point in time that I call it a day, it's just a 100-foot walk to my vehicle. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I ran, I ran three miles, and I got there, and I was so concerned about food and water that I never, I never brought my headphones the first time. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. And so I ran in silence the whole time around. Now, before we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, I want you to kind of dive into this. Well, on your Ironmans, you're not allowed headphones. No. There's safety reasons, so you can't. No headphones at all. Okay. And, and that, I don't even know. I'm totally shooting blind here. Is it a 10-hour day, a 9-hour day? What? Uh, you've got until midnight to finish. Okay, so, they, so give it, you they, they give you a cutoff because they have to turn the course, course back. Yeah, they usually start... Uh, it's been a day or two, but yeah, early morning. So you've got okay. a, a whole day and, and half the night to finish. Gotcha. And um, and I've never finished not in the dark. So it, at some point you're, so you're running in the dark and okay. they hand you glow sticks. And that was the highlight when you had to grab a glow <laughs> stick because something different was happening. Um, but uh, no, you were, you were in your mind and on an, on an Ironman, you're swimming. So you can't talk to somebody when you're swimming. Mm-hmm. And then you're cycling, and you can't have headphones when you're cycling, and, and in Ironmans, you can't draft, so you're not near anybody. Um, you say hi when you pass somebody, but again, you're, you're in your head by yourself with your own pain, and you circle back where all the fans are. And so you see yeah. them for all of five minutes, and then you're the, the main race that I did twice was out in Arizona. So you see them, and then you're back out into the desert, um, again, by yourself. And so you just there's desert noises, and, and uh, the, the hardest part was the boredom. The boredom. So that three mile, the three miles I did at the high school track. And of course I picked a quarter mile track. Yeah, so, oh yeah. So and I, you're running around a track. That's yeah. So it's just, just the same monotonous thing over and over again. So at some point in time, you start thinking about the weirdest things. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you're sitting there like, well, if we do the crown molding up in the corner, that's not going to match the drapes that we have since 1952. And your brain is off in law land, and all of a sudden you'll snap to him and go, what was I thinking about? Why does this even occur to me? I don't even know have anything to say for that other than it happens. Yeah. Like this happens, your brain goes off in la la land. Mm-hmm. And it's a testament to the people that get used to that boredom where they don't let their brains go too far off the Richter scale. Like I'm sure they would have had a straight jacket for me for some of the things I was <laughs> thinking about. And I was like, okay, if we get into a car accident, what's the closest hospital fear if I'm getting this? And I'm like, why am I thinking about this? My brain is just off in la la land. So I guess if you're training for anything that's long distance, get used to that. Well, get used to yeah, get used to the boredom. Now, on the flip side, I'll I'll use that to problem solve now, mm. and because I've learned that my brain will go with that. And so, if I'm dealing with a problem at work or at home or whatnot, I'll go for a run without headphones, and uh, and somewhere in that run, the problem will be solved, or maybe I'll solve a problem I didn't wasn't out to solve, but I, I've yeah. learned to kind of channel that energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your brain goes in all sorts of crazy oh, just places that you hope nobody ever sees. Cuckoo, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Cuckoo, could you over here? That's for darn sure. So I, I did that first one, and I said, okay, we, it didn't take me that long. Three miles, honestly, it took me 40 minutes or 45 minutes or whatever it was, so it wasn't that bad, and I was like, okay. And so I said, okay, this time I'm going to run three and a half miles through the hills, down and back up. And so I picked downhill to get the heart rate up and not really press on it, and then turn around and come back uphill. And I'd say about a quarter mile from the house, I died mentally, and I walked the rest of the time, and I'm sweating and dying and choking. The, and I get back to the house, and I look like somebody had doused me with you know, a bucket of water. And I was like, okay, that was more difficult than I had thought. And so two days later, we did it again. And we did it again. And we did it again. And then something happened to me, and I, and I didn't see this coming in all honesty, because if you're running and you're working out, your body's normally very healthy. Right. I got COVID three weeks before the run. And the first COVID took me out for one day. It was nothing. So when I got COVID the second time, I was like, oh, a 24-hour flu, no big deal. No, it, it gotcha. kicked my butt for 72 hours, but it was a long 72 hours. But by day five, when I went to get back on the treadmill, I had no lung capacity. Uh-huh. Not cool, COVID. I'm yeah, <laughs> that's not, not helpful right now. Yeah. No. So I had to retrain my steps and do the three-mile run, do the six-mile run, then do the seven-mile run just to remotely kind of get into what I hopefully was shape. Yeah. It's interesting how your body gets into you're in shape, but then you're in shape shape. Yes. Right? And so keep maintaining that shape shape is hard. And you can, you can, I mean, sickness will get it. You can overtrain yeah. and get it. Mm-hmm. And you can do lots of things. But maintaining that, I'm about ready to go to a race shape, is, is challenging. It, it was super challenging. Your, your diet, your sleep. Like oh, I had to make sure, oh, I had to make sure that I was in bed by 8.30 for the mm-hmm. last two weeks. Um, I started shifting my schedule to be on their time zones because it was in Chicago. So there okay. was a two hours. So I had a little bit of jet lag, a little yeah. tiny one. But I was checking to make sure I was waking up by 4 a.m. That was their 6 a.m. Yeah. You know, I had to do all that and the food was there. So then we, we fly the night before, and we, they get us on the plane at 6 a.m. It's supposed to land at 2 p.m. Oh, you flew out just the day before? Yeah, the day before. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. See, <laughs> as you say that, for the rest of the people that are listening, they know, hey, dummy, you might have done that a little earlier. So we get at 6 a.m. They said, hey, we're on time. We're all here. Everybody load up at 6.15, and we'll get going. We fly out at 7.40. We land, and then they leave us on the tarmac, but there's no gates, and I miss my connecting flight. So now I'm flying to Chicago at 3 p.m., getting there at 5 p.m. Well, then we land on the tarmac, and they sit us in Chicago for another hour. So I get off a plane at 6.30, and I should have been there at 2 o'clock. Oh. Now, 
I'm somewhat hypoglycemic, or I used to be. I'm kind of out of it these days, but I do get low blood sugar at some point mm-hmm. in time, and I've been eating in seven hours. And I'm like, great. This is the day before the race is exactly what yep. I want. I'm super pumped now, wearing a huge happy hat. And this was not my best moment, but I got to tell you the truth. We get up, everybody gets up, and I've, I've had it. I'm done. Patience is at zero. And we go to get off the plane. And my fiance is right in front and the pilot had gotten off first and he comes back on and just pushes his way past her. Doesn't, doesn't say, Oh, excuse me. How you doing? Thank you for flying. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm not going to name the airline, but they do fly South and they fly West. (laughs) And, and the, the captain just walks right by and it hits her. And as soon as he hits her, he comes into me and I, I'm the patient zero. You're not getting away with that. I put his chest against my chest and I walk him back off the plane. I just walk him back out and I said, you need to learn some manners. And he looked at me and goes, how dare you? And I said, how dare you? We sat on the tarmac for hours. You can wait 10 seconds. And I walk away. The other two captains and the stewardess saw this and they're all like, what just happened? And I'm walking away and I hear him. He goes, come here. And I'm like, oh, by all means, we can have this conversation again. So I walk up to him. We are nose to nose like right before a boxing match. And I quietly go, what part of morals do you not understand? And he goes, I can have you blackballed off this plane. I said, like a bully would say. And I said, I'm embarrassed for you twice. I just turned around and walked away. And I get up to the top, and Jeannie's up there, and she goes, did you just get in a fight with the pilot? And I was like, you know what? Just when you're at zero patience and somebody pulls a bully move, they're going to get called out. And she goes, we need to feed you. I said, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hangry is, is real. Yeah. Hangry <laughs> is real. So not my brightest moment, but, you know, I got I to gotta say it. I got to own it. So we leave. We get food. We get settled. We all get good. And, and my buddy lives in town. Okay. And so there's four of us at a, at a team for the Tough Mudder Infinity. We got uh, uh, Dr. Chris Huff, I got uh, Andy Farmer, I got Jeff Heron, and I got myself. So Dr. Huff, this guy, man, very humble individual. He's a cardiovascular surger, surgeon, and, I, and he does the stints and whatnot. Okay. Every time I say that, he goes, I don't do open heart. I'm sorry, buddy, but I, you're a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's 6'2". He's, he's an old football player, and he's vegan. And he is where he's he, vegan three months out. You know, yeah. most of the time, he, every once in a while, he cheats. He has his cheat food. And he's in great shape. Just dude's a specimen. Nice. And he's super humble, super just – he's not cocky, but he is a specimen. The dude's on point. He is in shape, shape all the time. Then you got Andy Farmer, who is an, an ex-Marine, who would run marathons holding the flag and, and then part of the color guard. He, he just knows how to handle pain. He's not a bad yeah. problem. And then you got Jeff, who for fun runs seven, eight miles, and his mile times are averagely eight-minute miles. Nice. And then you got <laughs> me. So <laughs> I know I'm the weak link going into this. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. So I'm doing everything I can the night before the race to repair. Getting a good yeah. night's sleep, set up, set my clothes out, do all this stuff. And your Iron Man, which is just a monstrosity compared to what I'm going through, what was your night before ritual? Uh, I think the same thing. By the time I got to my, my last one, it was, you know, I knew the clothes I was going to wear. Mm-hmm. I knew the food I was going to wear. I made sure I went to sleep earlier yep. than I want because you're not going to fall asleep right away. Yeah. So I built in the laying in bed staring at the ceiling for an hour time. Ah, see, you're smart. I didn't do and, that. Uh, well, because I've learned the hard way. <laughs> somebody once told me the definition of expert is somebody who's made more mistakes than you. Right? Yeah, so, and... Uh, but um, I had had everything laid out, had my plans, double-checked the plans, mm-hmm. you know, had backups for everything. So I had the, the clothes I was going to wear, the backup clothes, because in case I put them on that morning and I didn't like it, the tag yep. was rubbing weird for some yep. reason, I had a backup. Um, but then it, uh, the last thing that would always cross my mind was, like, I, I 
there, I'm done. I can't do anything different. I can't do anything more. This is what we're going with. Oh, so you give yourself some grace at the end. Okay. Again, I think because I've, I've had to learn it, but it, at that point you can't, there's nothing else you can do. No, I can't go can't. for another run. I can't do an extra push-up. I can't, you know, train anything more. I've, 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 this is what we're going into the race with. Yeah. And then the, every race is different, so you have no idea what's coming the next day. So morning of, walk me through the morning of one of, one of your Ironmans. Yep. You can pick any one of them, but morning of. Um, get up, eat. And uh, I don't like working out on on a full stomach, but I, I need something in me. Mm -hmm. So so I eat, and then um, with plenty of time to, mm -hmm. you know, take care of the bathroom jitters that mm -hmm. invariably are going to come. Oh yeah. Um, I like getting to where I'm going early, just so I can I can set up. I know where I'm at. There's not that fear of travel mm -hmm. and of mm -hmm. something happening breaking down. Um, and then I like to get in my own head once I've got you know the bike set up and the shoes set up. Then I just I kind of go off on the side, and I'm not a big overly warm-up guy but i just i enjoy the scenery i enjoy the people yep. i just i enjoy the moment mm -hmm. um because as soon as the gun goes off that moment turns into chaos yeah so i just want to enjoy the moment for a little bit that's that's a money plan that like that i needed i'm already taking some notes <laughs> off of you off of that so we woke up at six and i go down there and it was a hotel so i assume it's from six to nine is breakfast but it was saturday breakfast doesn't open until 7 30 and i went uh-oh this yeah. problem number one so I get online and thank God for technology. We're like, oh, there's a cafe around the corner. Great. So we pack up our stuff real quick and run over there for a quick cafe. It's closed permanently, but, you know, Lovely. Google hasn't been updated. Yeah. And I look at him. I said, Do you, any more cafes in the area? And Jeff was with me. He goes, seven miles. And I'm like, that's too far. We're not going to make it in time. So we had the AM, PM breakfast. So okay. we had a Cliff Bar and a Grain Bar and headed out. And we met uh, Andy and, and Chris out there. And they and we pull up. And luckily, we all got there about 645. So it was an hour before before the gunshot and for the tough mutter infinities they had a they had a little psycho corner for us just us people nice. where you come off the the, you know, the finish line turn left go right into our little area where all our food and our our secondary clothes are right. and then head back out and i had brought a backpack that looked like i was traveling on safari for four days because <laughs> i had two pairs of shoes three outfits i had a hat i had a headband I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to lose inside of one of the one of the mud pits. I have no idea if it's not going to work out. If I got to change, I got to call audibles, and so I just brought everything. I the kitchen sink wouldn't get unbolted, <laughs> so I, I had to leave that. But other than that, I had everything, had everything with me. And so we set it up, and and then Andy, bless his heart, since he lived in the area, he had one of those big Yeti coolers, the soft ones, and he had a whole bunch of Tupperware sat up. Oh, nice peanut butter, banana sandwiches, fruit, a couple of dates, and a and a. And a a uh, little tangerine or a munchies or oh, whatever perfect. it is. And I was like, okay, this is good. And he had three of them stacked up for each one of us. I'm like, nice. okay, every lap we get one of them. I'm like, this is great. This is awesome. Okay, I'm feeling good about this. And then when we were at AMP and we got smart, grabbed a bunch of Gatorades yep. and we had the hydration packets we had with us. We dumped them on there. So we, we got this like little system set up. Cool. And my, my nerves are going down because I see the system in place. You know, we're not running towards the bell. I'm like, okay, this is good. And we had done something I've never seen before. But we did it. We had brought a bar or a jar of Vaseline. And they said, put it between oh. your toes and your heels and you won't get the blisters and all that. And so we, you know, Vaselined up our feet and put the socks on and stuff. Yep. And, and I had gone and got um, special uh, tendonitis socks. Okay. Compression socks, basically. Compression socks, yeah. Yeah. Never had those before. So, but I had bought them the week before. So zero training on them. You never ran it? Nope. Oh. Yeah. Like I said, I'm real smart. Yeah, you're becoming so, an expert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put them on like, oh, that's kind of tight. All right, we're going to have to deal with uh -huh. this. 
And then pulled my laces up and pulled my shoelaces up real tight at the to- right at the toes, mm-hmm. and then kind of looser there, so the front of my foot hit the shoe. I I watched a YouTube video on how tight laces for long distance. And I said, okay, so what I should be doing. <clears throat> and then we went to there. So when you tie your shoes, what tricks do you play? Or do you do any just tie and go? The um, it's it's a constant juggle just to make sure they're not too tight but not too loose. Because mm-hmm. I don't like to slip and slide. Yeah, and um. So they're always, they're always, somebody taught me the heel lock. So I know how to, to put the little loop at the back, the yeah. top end of it. Right. So I lock them in. Um, but I usually make the mistake of tying them too tight. And so I always okay. loosen them right before a, gotcha. a race was, yeah. So Jeff had that, his were too tight. I watched him retie his shoes like three times. Uh, Andy and Chris have no idea. I, I think I got super lucky and just hit the, the porridge right in the middle the first nice. time. I don't ask me how I did it, but I pulled it off. So I'm tough money to go out there. The guy's great, and he uh, he gets everybody all pumped and rallied yep. up before they go launching. Everybody's all in their mud gear. And some of the guys, in the, even in the Infinity, had no shirts on. They had the badges on the side, and I'm like, you're crawling through mud, which yeah. is, it's not going to feel good. Yeah. It's just not going to feel good. I just have this feeling that you're not going to be a happy camper later. And uh, out of nowhere, they, they go, who can sing the national anthem? And I'm like, 300 people, you're asking for the crowd. And all of a sudden, I know this girl raised her hand. She goes, I can sing the national anthem. He goes, come on up. You're going to do it for all of us. And I'm like, okay, she has so many brownie points right now. Yeah, that's Even cool. In, yeah. Amazing voice. Amazing wow. voice. Belts it out. Like, has it memorized? I hate to tell you this. I don't know if I could write down the national anthem on a piece of paper, but yet she did. It was amazing. We're all like sitting there. I mean, it was the point of a little teary eye. And I was like, yeah. this was amazing. That's cool. So she gets down. We're all high-fiving. We're like, all right, go. And we all take off. And I look at my other three, and I'm like, are we going to get caught up? in the moment and overrun ourselves or are we going to be smart and luckily we were smart good we let the crowd go by and then you know throughout the day we kept passing the crowd mm-hmm. and we just kept our pace and we get going and a half halfway in is when the fun really started because all four of us were joking we're talking we're yeah. running at a pace where we can keep a conversation going we haven't seen each other in months so we're all catching up and whatnot and about halfway through the, we had a really tough obstacle where you had to grab you had to jump out, almost too far out, grab it, swing out, and then kind of kick yourself up to ring the bell and then okay. fall down the pit. One of our guys couldn't do it. Couldn't do it twice. Oh. And the other three of us were, so now the heckling starts. Of course. But it's fun heckling, but it's nowhere near what's going on in that man's mind for oh, not yeah. being able to pull it off. He is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and you said the first obstacle? It was, no, it was like the seventh. Seven, okay. Seventh. So we got a little tired, a little yeah. windage in front of us. And so he finally hits, he goes, that's what I'm talking about. He gets all fired up, so we're fired up with him. And we all ride that high for like a half a mile. Uh-huh. And then one guy got quiet first. I think I want to say it was Andy. I'm not really sure. Now, I am used to be hypoglycemic. And I say used to be because, believe it or not, it never hit throughout the whole race. Really? I never had a low blood sugar throughout the entire race. Nice. How that happened for me I mean, I've been nicknamed the hummingbird because my mind <laughs> does this all the time and I've always had a problem with it. But apparently through getting older yeah. and learning nutrition and whatnot, I've, I, it didn't hit me. I thought for sure it was going to take me out. I thought that was my end. But it didn't, but it hit Andy first. And he just got quiet. He stayed with us and he just got quiet. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jeff starts picking up on the people that are getting quiet and starts yeah. calling us out. Jeff's like, you okay, Andy? He goes, just with my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> we all kind of look at him like, uh-oh. They bag us. Oh, they're bad. (laughs) And it was, that's all he said, but he stayed quiet. And about two thirds of the way through, it dawns on me on the 17K. 
that's over seven miles. I've only ran seven miles to train. So I haven't even gone through lap one yet, and we're done at all training. This is uncharted territory Completely from here new. on out. And my butt puckered. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, I may not have not known what I just signed up for. This yeah. might be really, really bad. And then I got in my own head for a couple minutes. I really did. I was like, dude, you just how much more do you think you got in the tank? My body instantly listened to my brain. Goes, oh yeah, we're done, we're done. My body yeah. started to like shut down. I'm like, no, 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 no. And I had to pull myself out of that. Mm -hmm. How'd you do that? I I pictured working in the yard. So I can shovel for ten hours a day, no problem. Okay. It, it's, and I, we we've been doing a gigantic backyard remodel, so I've right. had a shovel in my hand for most of this year. And so I was like, hey, ten hours a day is normal on the weekends. So it's just a normal day working in the yard. Just stick at this pace and keep going. You got this. And my, my body was like, oh, yeah, we do this on the weekends. And the body just kind of somehow listened, magically listened, and just kind of pulled out. Pulled. I mean, how about you when you get in those? What's I think every time is slightly different, but it's yeah. the uh, – I, I, I've learned not to negotiate with myself. Okay. Because then you get into the little debate pattern. Mm-hmm. And uh, – but just – I'll play games. It's the, you know, I'll walk at the uh, – uh, uh, you know, I'll walk when I get to that tree or I'll walk and, uh, you know, something else. Or I, if I just, if I make it to this point, then, you know, when I get back next week, I buy myself a new pair of shoes, whether I do or not. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you, you kind of, you start negotiating and uh, I never got to the point where I negotiated with God, but I was negotiating with myself <laughs> uh, a lot. It wasn't a debate on whether you can or can't do it. Okay. But it was, so uh, I'm not alone in all of this and I feel <laughs> no. a little bit better about myself right about now. I was negotiating like crazy. Yeah. I really was. So good for you for for passing that muscle, I'm not negotiating. I was like, okay, after that tree, I can walk. Okay, I made it here. How long can I walk to? Uh, to next obstacle. No, that's too far. Okay, how about to that tree? Okay, that's too far. Uh -huh. Okay, to that person. If I walk and I get past that person, I got to run. Okay, fine. You know, and uh, yeah. that games are going on in my head to somehow make it feel like the body won. Oh, yeah, you've got to make little wins for yourself. Yeah. The whole race is little wins. The the, the race itself is, is just a bunch of tiny little yes. wins built up. So I didn't know that. So my wins, <laughs> <laughs> so my wins were eating the food each lap, which is huge. Oh yeah. So I was just like, all I gotta do is make it to this lap, and I can eat some food. I can make that lap, and I get that peanut peanut butter and banana sandwich. That's my win. Okay, come on, just make it to this lap, and I get the food. I get the food, and that's all I kept saying. So as I was going through the obstacles running, I was like, we're, we're gonna get food. We're gonna get food soon. And the laps were seventeen. Seven. So we ended up doing. Two seventeen kilometer laps. So what's that in miles? That's a. Um, that's a long time without food. Eleven or twelve. Yeah, something like that. That's a long time without putting. Yeah, and and I had the goo pack, so it wasn't. Okay, I was sorry. So you had those. Yeah, I had the goo pack. Okay, good. And and I was I, I was like a cuckoo clock every hour on the hour. Mm -hmm. As soon as that little birdie went off, goo pack right in the mouth. Yep. And so we would get around, and then I needed real substance because I know my hummingbird metabolism that I needed real food, and it was going to chew through. So we get through lap one, Andy's quiet, Jeff's just fine, and Chris is Chris is good. He's just cruising. I mean, Chris is in really good shape. And then I'm sitting there going, food, 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 food. So I'm stuffing my face like it's Thanksgiving. Everybody else is scared to stuff their face. I'm like, dude, I can run on a full stomach. I don't care. And so I'm stuffing. I'm like, well, you can eat that. I'm like, I'll eat that, too. So I'm eating. Everybody's like, won't eat. We set it all back up there. Everyone changes socks. They get all the dirt out of their socks. Yeah. We get on the grass. Thank God they put us on grass. You just wipe it off and the mud comes nice. off on the grass. So we're somewhat reloaded. New socks on, new Vaseline on the feet, and we're off to the races again. So we go for the second lap. Half, halfway through, 
so I want to say halfway through. So this, we're, we are now way past any training I've ever done. We're way in uncharted territory. And Jeff, after an obstacle, starts stretching. I'm like, well, that's a very smart idea. We should all stretch in between the obstacles while we're waiting for each other to get over them. And I just put my feet together and go down and touch my toes. And both cats go, and lock up both. Done. Like, just done. And I go, and I literally made this up. Oh, 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 oh. And I start just walking. I'm like, sorry, guys, I got to walk. I got to walk. And I just leave them. I just start walking. I'm like, please unlock. And they start to, and they start to unlock them. Oh, please mm-hmm. unlock, please unlock. And they, and they all kind of half jog catches me. And I'm just walking very gingerly. It looks like there's a big stick up my butt mm-hmm. right now. And then they're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, my cat's locked up, and I'm, I'm afraid this is the end for me. And it's only noon. This is not good. Like, just let me walk this off. Yeah. So I start walking. Everything kind of loosens up, loosens up. And I said, okay, I'm going to walk kind of army style. I'm going to kind of plant my feet versus rolling, and let me see if I can't get somewhere. So we start doing an old man run where I kind of put my head in front of my hips, yep. and I kind of let the head weight velocity take me. <laughs> so I can picture this, this yeah. <laughs> so I did this little half run. And after a while, like, I'm like, okay, I got to walk again. Okay, I got to run. I got to walk again. I got to run walk again. And then one of the most sensitive, nicest things was told to me. <laughs> and, and Dr. Huff goes, Aaron, we're at your pace. Just let us know when you want to run. And what I heard was, you lazy POS, you're holding us back. <laughs> that's what I heard in my head. <laughs> and so I was like, fine, let's go running. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, I, I heard you. Let's yeah. run. And you could tell he was being so sincere. But my brain trans, transposed that verbiage. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny how we're good at giving grace to others but not letting yes. them? Right? So I'm yeah. sure he meant we're going to be at your pace. Mm-hmm. Right, we got oh, a long day. We got a long day in front of us. Yeah, right. It does walking now. As long as we're going forward, it doesn't matter what speed right now. Mm-hmm. But and y- if it was the shoe was reversed, you did on the same for him. One hundred percent. Yeah, but no, 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 no. The demons were strong <laughs> in my head. So we so we get run. We do the run, walk, run, walk. We get through the second lap, and now we have now dove into secret kits. That's what I call them. So I'm making fun of the team secret kits, and I didn't know it existed. Oh. Chris has Chris had all of his medicines and ibuprofens and stuff. Andy pulls out a full medic kit, and I was like, "Well, I can see your guys' backgrounds are kicking in." Yeah. You know, the ex marine and, and the doctor. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, "Okay." And he and then Jeff goes, "Well, I got these salt tablets that you're supposed to take." I'm like, well, "What are those things?" He goes, "You take salt and it gets rid of your cramps." I'm like, "Great." Well, cough them up, dude. Yeah. And so he gives me two, and they look like horse pills, mm-hmm. and they're big. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't, at that point in time, you could have given me dirt, and I'd been like, "Ah, all you doing?" Uh-huh. So we take the two salt pills, we dump the hydrogen pack in the Gatorade, we take all this stuff, and I'm just shoving food in my mouth like crazy. I'm eating. Everybody's looking at me like, "You're gonna throw up my home." Oh, trust me, I got this. We're good. And and Andy comes out of it out of the second lap and he is giddy's a schoolgirl. he's just talking and laughing he's giving us the marine chances they're running and he's doing all the tweety bird chants stuff we're dying laughing laughing and he's just jumping around if he had a hula hoop man that would have just finished it's off the hit. equation <laughs> of what he was able capable of he was so funny just listening to him run and run around and he's hopping and skipping and stuff so between lap two and lap three he's literally skipping down the road as we're starting our mm-hmm. dog and jeff's the same way they're just happy as all get out they've hit they hit that high. They hit the high. Yeah. They just hit the high. I never got low, but I sure as hell didn't get high. <laughs> it was just this monotone, you're digging ditches for 10 hours, and this is all you're going to oh. do today. Brain yeah. going. Um, have you ever gotten a high in the middle of a race? Oh, yeah. In fact, you're lucky f- like they are. Yeah. Okay, talk to me well, about the f- this. The first Ironman I, I did, I did it with an autometry school buddy of mine after we had graduated, mm-hmm. and he swam in the Olympic trials. And oh, he wow. had done multiple Ironmans. 
he you know was was Boston qualifying runner and um, so there was no way I, I, I was hoping that he would pass me at some point during the race and so I could just say hi yeah um, so we're in Arizona he catches up to the pros in the swim and and Ironmans they start the pros ahead so that technically it's two races mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, he catches the pros he gets on the bike somehow I catch him at the end of the bike and so we take off on the run together mm-hmm. and I'm already beside myself that I caught up with him on a, yeah, on a right? bike huge way and uh so we had we had kind of leapfrogged each other a little bit on the run and um and my whole entire bottom of my foot was full of blisters i could when i stepped i could feel the fluid oh. moving right and um and it was all i could do I, I just not to quit right mm-hmm. you just you can't quit you can't be that guy that quit sure. and um so how do you keep uh, how do you keep going and then out of nowhere i got that I got the high. So everything in Arizona Ironman at the time was three loops. It might still be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had, my family had seen me on both loops. They calculated my pace. They knew what time I was going to come in to finish. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be ready for it. The, um, and he finally just looked at me because I was getting that high. And he said, go away. I just, I need you to go away. <laughs> just leave me. Go away from me. I hate you right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be with you. Like just, and so I took off. I had no idea where the energy came from, but the last couple of miles I ran, and those were some of my fastest miles of the entire race. No way. The pain disappeared. I was on this high. Now, as soon as I – actually, I, I woke my family up as I ran by the finish because mm-hmm. um, they weren't expecting me for another 20 minutes or so. Sure. And, um, but as soon as I crossed the line, I, I, I was done. I collapsed, and I, there was no walking for a couple of days after that. But gotcha. yeah, that high just comes out of nowhere. Ah, so cool. Yeah. We, so we got through lap three. And we had done the 7K on the third lap. Okay. So we had, we were pacing because we were afraid that we weren't going to make it. So that you had to start your last lap at hour eight, and you had to be done at hour nine. Okay. That's the rules. And so when we did the first lap around, it took us an hour and 30 minutes to go through the 7K. We had an hour 15 left. And I'm in my head going, we Massive got this. Dog, yeah, yeah we, we're not going to speed up as the day is going on. We're going to get slower. And Jeff runs right by the food. Andy runs right by the food, and Chris walks by and goes, okay, and keeps going. And I'm the only one sitting there by the food. I'm all, oh, you got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> so I pop open the last container. I grab the, the grab a handful of nuts and whatnot, yeah. and I grab a cutie, and I go chasing behind them. And I'm shoving nuts in my mouth, and the, the squirrel, and the, the, the cuties, I'm peeling the yep. thing, and I'm trying to do it respectfully inside the little area, right, so there's not cutie trails all the way down the road. <laughs> and I shove, and I shove it in my mouth, and I go up to them, and they're like, we're doing this, we're doing this. I'm like, we come this far. Let's do it. Come Might on, well. let's do yeah. it. And we're now it's like no man's land, and it's just us and like two other runners. So you've and, seen a lot of people drop out by this point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's and, and it's just like us and like seven other people in the course, as far as I can see. And then one guy takes off. One guy goes, "I'm out. I'm done." And he starts heading back. And it's just like us. And we pull up to somebody. Now Chris and Jeff are in a lot more better spirits than me and Andy are physically. I don't know about mentally, but physically, they're just they still got gas in the tank basically. And they talk to one of the people working the thing, and they say, you don't have enough time at your pace. And they get panicked, and they go, we don't have enough time. And they look at me, they're like, can you pick it up a gear? And I said, ah, this is six-gear pin for me, which looks like first gear for everybody yeah. else, right? <laughs> and I'm like, this is it, man. This is the, I, I, There is no more gear. And I said, you guys go. And they're like, well, we don't feel weird leaving the team. I said, no, you got it? Go. Earn it. Go. And so me and Annie like, we'll make a pact to stay together. You two take off. So Chris and Jeff just blaze a trail. They're gone. Within like two obstacles, I can't even see them anymore. I'm like, good for them. And I look at Annie and I said, look, I have, I'm in pain mode, but I know I can push through this pain and make it to the finish line. Can you push through the pain? He goes, I can. I said, then let's go. Had a good jog and no walking. Yeah. He was like, okay. 
And we did that, which we have never done at the other first three laps is never, never walk. And the last lap we did it. We nice. never walked. We just had a slow jog and we never walked and we crossed the finish line with 10 minutes left. That's awesome. So blown away. Yeah. And the funny thing is we didn't even know this. We caught Jeff and Chris. They only crossed the finish line four minutes before us. Oh, wow. So yeah, they came back to cheer us on and we got in line to get our stuff and they came back like an hour later, like, how'd you, how'd you pass us? Like, eh. And we looked at the times later on, they'd crossed the finish line four to six minutes ahead of us. That last lap, I was digging deep, so deep that I didn't, I knew when I crossed that finish line, I had left everything on the table. I can honestly tell you, I've never done that. Really? I have never left everything on the table. I had always known there was just a little bit reserve that I could dig into. Never once did I literally say, this is all I got. The first time you push yourself to that limit, what was that like for you mentally? Um, I, I think it was surprising. Okay. Just because I didn't, you, you didn't know what you had. Mm -hmm. You didn't know what you were capable of. Mm -hmm. And the, um, and I, it, when you win that mental battle of, I'm, I'm I'm going to do everything I can and I'm, I'm physically going to do it. I'm going to do everything else. It's, uh, it, it's one of those, you know, self wins, self, uh, gratifications that mm -hmm. you can't buy. You can't buy it. No, There's, I, I, I wanted to do this and I'm so glad you came in here to talk about this, but you've been through this and I want to try and say it into words, but in all honesty, as I'm, as I'm talking a lot, I don't know if you really can put this into words, mm -hmm. the euphoria that you get when you actually accomplish something that a good part of you thought you couldn't do. Oh yeah. Like I, when we started there and they said, what's our goal today? And three of the guys said 40 kilometers. I said, it'd be really cool if we did 50. I just threw that out there knowing farewell, I ain't going to make it, but it'd be really <laughs> cool if we did it. We did it. We did 50 kilometers that day over, we did 31 miles over obstacles. That's a lot. Uh, when I say it out loud, I think I'm lying. Yeah. I truly believe I'm lying to people when I say that out loud because it's just so unbelievable in my mind, even though we did it. But that euphoria for this last week, week and a half afterwards, I, I can't explain how awesome it is. No, you almost feel invincible afterwards because you, you can do you, – you, I finished this, and, and I get annoyed with people when I say I did Ironman. It's like, oh, I can never do that. I mean, you could never do that. Right? I'm not special. Yeah. I did it. Mm -hmm. I saw people that looked way less healthy than I was or mm -hmm. in shape than I was doing it. Mm -hmm. um, some of them did it faster than I did. Sure. The uh, – but it's not about whether you can or can't do it. It's you just you're you're limiting yourself by even looking at something and saying I couldn't do that. It, it really is, and it, it and for me, I I think you did it way more difficult than I did because I had a team. I had three other guys. I I do question whether I would have given up earlier if it was just me by myself. I really do. But I always had them there, and I'm like, well, they're not giving up. I can't do it. And that that doubt didn't really creep in my brain that much because they were doing it. They're literally right beside me. I couldn't puss out. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't go, don't worry guys, you know, I'm done when they're right there literally doing it with me. Yeah. So I had that team mentality. You literally were so low. I was, now we'll, let's back up before mm -hmm. I ever got to the Ironmans. The very first uh, triathlon I did, it was a, an international distance triathlon, mm -hmm. um, Chicago Accenture race. And you get into the, uh, the water and I grew up surfing and I saw you know, I can handle the water. I can handle the water. The, you, so you're along the shorefront, you get in the way the water and, uh, and the international distance is significantly shorter than a, a full Ironman and you're bobbing up and down 
in the water and the gun goes off. Well, everybody goes from vertical to horizontal real quick. Mm-hmm. When you go from horizontal, the space goes away, and I got kicked in the in the face. Somebody crawls over your back. It's um, the beginning swim of an Ironman. It's just it's a madhouse. Mm-hmm. And I inhaled water. I thought I was going to die. I crawled to the ladder and climbed out of the water, completely out. I was I was done. I was going to. Oh wow. I said, there's no way I can do this. And I, I popped my head up and I just saw all the people standing there waiting to go in. I said, I can't quit in front of all these people. I'm gonna, not because I have any sort of, uh, you know, yeah. owe anything to that. I just, I can't embarrass myself by quitting in mm-hmm. front of all these people. And so I breast crawled and side stroke that entire swim. I, I took off my watch and threw it away at some point because I didn't even care anymore at, at yeah. time wise. But no, there was, I mean, I was 90% of the way quit. And just the, the little bit of, uh, self-respect i can't quit in front of all these people and do the walk of shame when i just started this yeah got me to finish so it, it's it's not all roses and sunshine no no it, it it was it was crazy and then but the aftermath the 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 euphoria high is what i'm calling it basically for lack of a better term for this last past week has been unbelievable like problems that come up i'm like oh what different solutions can i bring to the table today yeah. like there's no problems kids get out of hand you're like oh well let's just sit down and talk about it Dude, I'm just like, this is not a real problem. I went through a real problem. Yeah. This doesn't even equate. Like, it is mind-boggling the brain sh- uh, the brain set shift that you have after this. Well, it just changes perspective. It really does. Yeah. It, it, it is, is mind-blowing to me how much it shifted, though. Uh-huh. I expected, like, one or two clicks. I mean, we're talking a, a whole new ball game now. Uh-huh. Like, it, it really blows my mind. Like, we, I already, this week, told the team, I said, guys... We're doing the 24-hour Tough Mudder next year. That's awesome. I said, we're doing it. That I am doing that. I, November's too soon to train for 24 hours from coming off of this. Yep. But uh, 100% I'm doing that. Nice. Count me in. I want to do that. Yeah. I, it, this is going to be amazing. It's in Texas. It's where the hometown of wherever okay. this is. And, and they got their obstacles and they have the rules and whatnot. And you can do as a team of four or as a solo. I'm like, a team of four. Let's, nice. let's set this up. And, um, and honestly, they're not far off from what we did. So in nine hours, we did 31 miles. The top five teams, from what I saw online, now I could have read this wrong, but it was 50 miles and 60 miles. That's cool. So not far off from what we were doing, yeah. you know, to just keep the food going and, you know, give yourself a little bit more time to stretch in between and, you know, maybe a little bit more Theragun action in between yeah. there. But you can make it. You can. You, it's not unattainable anymore. No, not at all. But I will tell you, Prior to two weeks ago, you said, let's do a 24 hour tough one. I'd have laughed. I'd be like, yeah, no. Yeah. But now I'm like, what else can I accomplish? What else can I do? And it, it is, it is boiled over into everything in my life. What else can I accomplish in business? What else can I accomplish with my significant other? How much more can I tell her that I love her? How, wh- everything is just like, dude, we can do more. Like, That's this cool. is not, this is, oh, I've done good enough. Yeah. Good enough doesn't even equate in the brain anymore. There's always more. There's always more. Yeah. But it's a good thing now. And, it, and honestly, I would have called myself a winner at 40 kilometers. 50 is just the next level of, wow, I actually did something I never thought I could do. You've obviously been here. You've, yeah. you've definitely been here because you did marathon, which is crazy in my mind, a marathon. <laughs> and now, you know, and now I've done a marathon with obstacles, basically, yeah. which is even more crazy. I didn't think I could do that. And you've gone on to an Ironman yeah. chasing that. How much fun is that? Oh, chasing it's, is, it's the whole thing is the journey. 
Mm-hmm. The race itself is just an accumulation of, hey, what's what's going to happen today? Yeah. But the, it's the journey leading up to it. It's the, the late night runs by myself down at Mission Beach or mm-hmm. at uh, you know Coronado trying to be bored. It's the, the bike rides when I want to be sitting at home watching a football game. Mm-hmm. When you're going out, it's the uh, I can eat pizza and drink cherry Coke all day long and and you know not have to worry about calories yeah the um but no it's 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 the whole journey and uh and there's highs and there's lows and mm-hmm. it, it you know you start learning little things like on uh you know when i'm running or, or I, I haven't done what you did on the, the tough mutters but i've done some shorter ones mm-hmm. and appreciating that just a little bit of mud in your shoes can changes everything yeah you don't run the same when your shoes are muddy no and squishy and squeaky yeah. and when you've got mud coming out of places that normally doesn't have mud mm-hmm. coming out of yep. it's a whole different sort of yeah. uncomfortableness and running's no longer running you know most of your training it sounds like you did on on the road you go jump on a dirt trail so so it's That's funny that mess. you brought that up they did all green fields and they had mowed basically a, oh, big, nice. a 10 foot strip but the grass was these weird clumps of grass that grew up. So it was like clump, dirt, clump, dirt. So it was very uneven. But they had mowed it so short that the little clumps were only, I mean, a quarter or half an inch tall, and that was it. So when you stepped, you're like, that's not even. But not enough to bug you. Got it. But I'm like, I was sitting in my head, I'm like, by mile, by lap three, I have a feeling there going to be some twisted ankles and some uh-huh. things are going to happen out here. Luckily for the four of us, it never did. But uh. I, I, didn't, I did not train at all. I was on smooth pavement or tracks. No, no off-roading was done by me. No, and it's it's the little differences that that are hard mentally to overcome. Mm-hmm. I remember in in Arizona, the the Ironman, it uh, the bike ride portion of it, it was a long gradual uphill, and then you came back down that same road. Mm-hmm. Well, gradual uphill and gradual downhills are easy. I've trained out in San Diego. That's all we do is ride up or down. Sure. The wind had shifted by the third lap, and so riding uphill. I thought I was I, a second wind had kicked in. I was doing great. I had to pedal to go downhill. It was harder riding downhill <laughs> than it was any of the uphill laps because now I was facing a headwind. That screws with you. What's wrong? What's going on? Am, am, you know, you're not thinking, oh, it's the wind and the physics at that mm-hmm. point. You're, I, what's wrong with me? Am I failing? Is my body failing? Is my bike failing? Oh, I could- you know? I could I could picture that I could actually see that because you're so loopy you're just trying to put one foot in front of the other or whatever you're doing. We can't figure out what's wrong. Yeah, you know, and if I get a, a flat tire, I can fix that. That's a problem I can fix. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm I'm everything's been the same, and now it's you know. It, you know, it, it's funny that you say that out loud. I'm I'm remembered this. They had a, a river that we had to forge. The river was only waist high, and it was oh, seventy yards across. Not that big of a deal. But I remember when I was walking to it, the river was pushing sideways against my feet and my knees. And my knees were sore getting out of that, but just pushing yeah. that leverage sideways. And then about a quarter mile, go away. Well, then I started walking 45 degrees across the river just so my knees wouldn't take that impact sideways. But I sat there when I got out the first two laps. I'm like, what is wrong with my knees? I know water. It's water. Where's the problem? I never even thought. Yeah, just a little bit of different yeah. forces that you're not mm-hmm. used to. Yeah. And, Didn't uh, even think about it. <laughs> But no, it is it is a high, and 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 I'm scared to ask this question because I really don't want the answer. But the question I got to ask is, when does this high slowly go down? I well, it definitely goes down. Um, I think it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's um, uh, for me. There was my last Ironman was right after I had had gotten married, and we were having a uh, our our last kid, and so it it was a whole life change mm-hmm. at the time. Because before then, that was my identity. 
in all the little race numbers they made the border of my uh, my bedroom i had saved all my my race shirts and my mom had made them into a quilt for me my bikes lived in the bedroom with me mm-hmm. um which isn't sustainable if you want to get married <laughs> none of that is sustainable if you want to get married um and i appreciate that but it was a uh, once it it um uh, it it you know my identity shifted um, and my priority shifted mm-hmm. and uh, that shifted a little bit the um but I always had to have something to chase to, to try to maintain it. And I think that's why my last Ironman was my last one because I never signed up for another race. Mm. Big race after that and yeah. six months became a year, became a couple years. Um, but it, uh, if I always had something else to go after, I, it, I was able to maintain it pretty good. That's awesome. That's really good. I'm, I'm this high, I'm, I'm definitely gonna ride this one as far as I can. Um, am I gonna do a, a marathon? I really don't know. You know, just straight running that's not my bag of tricks. And so I don't, I don't know if that's going to be it, but the tough mutters and obstacle courses and whatnot, I, I really dig it. I never even thought of an Ironman. I'm not going to lie. Never in a million years thought of a, a bike ride swim. Uh, when you sat down and said it, I was like, Holy cow, they have those too. Forgot, just completely forgot out of my mind what those are, but looking for something to push past the boundary is definitely on the horizon. I'm, I'm definitely want to be looking for something else push just to keep that momentum going yeah. no i think it's important and you talked about keeping that that high do you you, you I mean, obviously we're doing this and recording mm-hmm. it but have you documented it anywhere else have you journaled it have you done anything i haven't i haven't journaled anything i've i've talked out loud to a couple people and really gone through the emotional roller coaster that was there like what you and i just went through but i haven't journaled it down and and it'd be kind of funny because ironically my first tough mutter ever i flew up to portland oregon and did it with my buddy derek and I had the 2013 Tough Mudder shirt. I wore that. That was a shirt I wore for that's this cool. Tough Mudder. So people were looking at me and high-fiving the, you know, the vintage <laughs> shirt as we were running through it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. But, um, but yeah, it was just, that was it. I really haven't journaled it. But I would have loved to have read the journal from 2013. Yeah. That would be kind of interesting to read. Because I'm sure it would just be like, I'm running, cuss word, cuss word, cuss word. I'm still oh, yeah. running, cuss word, cuss word, cuss word. <laughs> well, I know you, you journaled a little bit because uh, I follow your, your social media. Mm-hmm. And so at the lap breaks, I, you would you would take a picture. And, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. I didn't have that opportunity mm-hmm. when I was was doing it. And um, um, and I journaled a little bit. I actually have a lot of photos from that. And I made a big uh, – my mom had made a big you know poster for me that mm-hmm. had pictures of the different events during the race and sure. so i can see that and get the feelings back but yeah the, the journaling of that exactly what i was feeling yeah would be cool you know it was, it was funny though th- uh in the i went back and looked at the social media post and i was laughing that headband was a last second ditch effort that was in the bottom of my drawer really? and i was like oh i'll bring that to you whatever it's no room in the back and when the i kept losing my hat in the tough mutter and i and i didn't want to put sunscreen on my forehead because then i'd eat it in my eyes yeah. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to put the headband on and cover it so I don't get sunburned. And that thing worked money. That nice. thing never moved no matter what obstacle or anything. And so that was my little saving grace, that headband. But, so. yeah. No, the, the, the highs of, of nailing an obstacle way past and beyond what your, your mental limits are, that's, uh, that's, a, that's one for the books. It really is. No, I, that's I, fun. I recommend anybody to go through that once and do it. Find something. A step above what you think you can pull off. So it doesn't have to be hard. Just yeah, a step above. Yeah, just a step above. So if you're doing 5Ks, try 10K. If you're doing 10Ks, do a half marathon. Just one step above what you think you can do to the point where it kind of scares you a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that was, I mean, mentally, 
Holy crap, that was like a cleansing for me. It was it was unbelievable. Just the the happiness, the euphoria, the cleansing, the the whole outlook on life. Like it, it it redefined me. It really did. And it was unbelievable. It was so cool. And then to make matters even better, on top of that, I'm having euphoria. I'm having a great time. I'm at the end. We got our little badges. You know, the little medals they give you. You're all pumped. You're taking pictures. And this older gentleman, and I, I'm going to say he must have been 65, 66. And uh, and I think somebody asked him. That's why I got that number in my head. And I'm like, how many how many kilometers did you do? And he goes, oh, I did 75. I'm like, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you did what? And he goes, yeah, I did 75 kilometers. And I look at his badge, and sure enough, it has a 75-kilometer badge on it. And I went, and I'm high-fiving myself for 50. There's so much gas in the tank that we can do if this guy's pulling it off. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Like, I, I, I shook his hand. I said, congratulations. I high-fived him, and I walked away. I wasn't jealous. It was just a cool new level to try and aim for. Oh, yeah. There's always another level. Yeah, there's always another level. Yeah. Yeah, you're never going to be at the top. But it That's was cool. a cool level to look at and go, dude, if I'm that shape at that age, yeah. I can make it to 100, no problem. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's the guys sitting on the couch. They're, they're going to be afraid of that 100 and making it there. But for the guys that are going to keep running, yeah. oh, that's, that's 100 all day long. Absolutely. And what you haven't talked about is the physical shape you got into. Because at least for me, when I was in my prime racing, it wasn't about the physical shape. That was a byproduct of a byproduct. It was the mental. It is overcoming. for me, too. You know, my, my waist was just below 32. I'd gotten down to a 31 and a half inch waist. So I was pretty tiny for me. I normally am resting weights 33, 33 inch weight. So I, I shrunk that one. Uh, I didn't lose that much weight. I went one, 192 to 186. Okay. So it wasn't that much. Um, could you see all the muscles? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it was great shape. The mirror, the mirror was the mirror very <laughs> flattering. Very flattering mirror, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was more mental. It really was. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, yeah. You know, the beach muscles in the 20s, those, those days have come and gone. Oh, they're long gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, you know. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> you know, those are gone. But uh, no, it was mentally. It really was. It, I was shocked. And I, I've, I've said it a couple of times, but I really think that in our age, you know, I'm 44 now, it, working out's mental. Oh, 100%. It just isn't the physical anymore. No. Those, those days are just gone. Yeah. You know, thank God, you know, I'm with somebody special. It, this is going to be forever. At least we <laughs> pray yeah. forever. And, and that's what it is. And, you know, I'm not out to go wine and dine somebody. It's just... Uh, Stay in shape and and make sure the longevity is there. Yeah. Well, I think our challenges are much more mental, too. It's, you get uh, older, they are. They really are. And so, you know, being able to do the physical to help overcome the mental. Mm-hmm. It's almost the opposite of what high school was, right? You had to do the uh, yeah. the mental, and yep. uh, now it's now it's flipped. It really is. It's flipped. And, and, and you know, having kids, it, it just keeps you on your toes all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once you have kids, that's a whole new ballgame of staying on your toes. You know, I have a, 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 a coworker here, and he's going to have a baby soon. And I looked at him, I said, you have no idea what tired is, but you will in about three weeks. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, I've been tired before. I said, no, you haven't. Yeah. No, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming down yeah, here course. and talking about That's this. Fun. Um, you, you, I, can, I can honestly tell you I got less than 10 people I can have this conversation with. Wow. Less than 10 people that I know of that has been through this and pushed themselves to these levels. And uh, it's a new ballgame. game. <laughs>